Hello, hello everybody, Kim here, your local rabbi minister from Sacred Elohim, Diamond Light and Pearl Ministries, and I just decided to come on this evening, we'll finish Dangerous Prayers this week, um, starting Monday, things will be different, we'll be rolling a little bit differently, um, I pushed me to back um, for a month or two, um, I did have my intercessor prayer today, which is a given, um, as I said, I do have a very close prayer life right now. Uh, my life is as is. Um, once a week I go and do intercessory prayer at the church. Uh, I'm in a school group that does prayer consistently. I just had somebody asking me good morning <laughs> on my phone, which I don't do much of my phone anymore on YouTube. Um, my life as is when the father decides to get me to move i move um i am still currently working on certain things dealing with my ministry um given um it's part of who i am um uh, i will be posting a recap of sunday this week um, we'll get that out. I have other recaps as well, but I have that Sunday from this week, last week, on my computer, and I will be post, uh, working it and posting it tonight. Um, it's very informative, and there's some events that happened that they didn't totally record everything, but I'm not going to hold it against David. They do a lot for the community. Um, as I said right now, I don't have a website right now up. And structured I will in the near future right now if you do any kind of tithing just click on me and that's how I get my tithing right now all my programs are free um, the study material will be free um, there'll be certain study material I won't give but if I do a private study out of the Bible strictly and give my statements on it I will as far as a prophetic right now I'm holding back on that because I have to go through chain of command with Impact Church. Um, but otherwise, right now, my ministry is a prophetic ministry, but I don't, I'm not going to be posting any prophetic for a while. I've, Father kind of held me back on that. Uh, I will say there is events happening in the world, and they're happening on global scale. Uh, it's not just America. Um, a lot of tension over the coronavirus. Uh, the last I heard, they was close to 100,000 people, just a little over right now, diagnosed. Lawrence County has had four cases of death recently. Uh, they are going down. They've not had as many cases show in the last few weeks, but still, it's out there. Um, we can't get around it. Um, we don't know when this pandemic's going to be over uh, I don't know what to say I, I've got an article right now from the World Health Organization saying that they want to prevent COVID-19 with a vaccine but they didn't want nationalism they want to deal with deal away with nationalism over vaccines that is something I'm not going to go into I think they need to watch what they're doing and get their minds straight on things, honestly. Um, 
A lot of people are talking about prophecy right now. I just go with what the Father puts on my heart. I don't. Uh, he tells me to say something, I do it. But I am going to seek the chain of command before I do. So this evening, we will be going over dangerous prayers again. Uh, we'll be doing part two, uh, which is going to be quite interesting going through tonight. Uh, I'll do part three another day. I'm not going to finish up the book. I want to do it in a couple weeks. Uh, but what we'll be talking about is break me, part two. He gives a verse, and when Jesus get, had given thanks, he broke the bread and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And that's in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-four. So he still talks about the prayer of Jabez um, and David Wilkerson, which is somebody that's quite well known. And it goes on talking about how Jabez didn't have a surprise. He mentioned only three times in the Bible. So we don't know a lot of details about him. While well, he told he was honorable. In 1 Corinthians 4, 9, the name Jabez actually means he causes pain. His mother's name is, named him Jabez because his birth had caused such pain. And that was in verse 9. Most Bible school scholars believe that his birth must have been extremely painful or traumatic for his mother to give him such a name. And they go on talking about the territory he'd come from and so much that where Wilkerson talked about it. Um, it doesn't give much detail other than he done protection prayers. Um, he asked God selflessly. But we're not to be selfish in our prayers. We are to think of others. Goes on talking about the struggles of growth in prayer. Um, James, the half-brother of Jesus, was an example. He had a hard time with praying and being thankful. And there's a verse that talks about the perfect us. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the test of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything and it's james 1 2 through 4 he goes on talking about the lord keeps me from pain and feeling like that anyway in prayer and often is but only a desire one big priority that we must miss the presence persistence of our trials produce god protect me from harm and it goes on talking about protections of from harm and so forth and his statement is, if we pray only for protection from trials, then we rob ourselves of our future maturity. Hmm, interesting. Bursting your bubble. So here on 2-2, we are talking about bursting our pride, basically. Um, he talks about his wife, Amy, sharing a vision and dream together and moving forward with the plan. They chose a name for their church and filed the paperwork. We recruited friends who had already expressed interest in joining us and printing invitations for others we hoped would enlist. To say the least, it was the ground start of the church. To say that we were idealistic would be an understatement. With when more faith than wisdom, we I envisioned how it would be. 
I'd preach powerful messages. The atmosphere would be energetic with vibrant worship and dynamic music. Crowds of people would gather, listening and so forth. The city would be different and we would live happily ever after. With my plans clearly mapped out, I sat across the table at breakfast with my mentors, Gary Walter. He goes on to talk about the church and the wisdom and the spiritual of the veteran. And he goes on talking about how they did it. But my only promise for you is this. God will break you. That's what he says. Gary's words, slow to deliberate and kind, crushed me at my weight. I glared back. My expression, like disbelief, at a mix of betrayal and confusion. What do you mean, God will break me? What kind of promise is that? Why would God want to break me? What kind of mentor tells you that? And what kind of God would allow this to happen? And he goes on, he says, don't, he didn't want to burst my bubble, but it's true. God will break you. And least in theory, I would be better because of it if I survived. Uh, he says, he, God breaks you due to the fact he wants you to trust him. It's trust and faith, basically. And that is key. A key idea for prayer, powerful prayers. Um, and then he goes on to talk about self-pride and self-confidence and, and getting big head. God would need to break you with a big head, but you have to surrender. And then he talks about status quo. Uh, Lord, break me. I think about this experience a lot. It's blustery. But it happens, and he was talking about uh, something. We agreed we would want to pray for it and mean it, but couldn't deny that consequences happen. Uh, and he just goes into talking about his his life with the church and, and running into a lot of obstacles without the right prayer. And it says, broken release, broken and release. It says, look back. I now see why my small group reacted the way most of us do when we consider praying something so bold, crazy-like, as break me. But I also suspected that most of us don't realize that by playing it safe, we risk missing something other than the precious moments with God. Um, and he talks about the bulk of Mark and describes what's going on and so forth and so on and how Christ prayed prayers of break me prayers. And the challenges with that. And then he gives a verse in Mark 14, 3. He states, she broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Which is a break me type situation. She prayed before him and then broke the jar. And God recognized it. Another one is Mark 14, 4 and 5. He goes on where it talks about rebuking the money changers and the poor and so forth. And he talks about the woman when he rebuked him and so forth about the jar. Breaking bread. Another example of breaking you. He talks about the shift of attention from thinking about yourself to the blood covenant, which is poured out for many, he says, in Mark 14, 22 through 24, when Jesus went to the cross. That's a break me moment. And then he gives a verse, there is no greater love than to lay down your life for one's friends. And that's John 15, 3. And then he talks about Mark uh, 12 through 31 again and John 15, 3. Um, basically, he's a libra 
uh, elaborating on what Jesus was talking about. And then in Luke, he says, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So there again, he's talking about breaking the mold and pouring out what would be poured out in a prayer. Um, let's see here. He talks about the pouring out of pain and the pouring out of joy in prayers. Sometimes we grunt, sometimes we don't. But always remember, we must pour out ourselves before we pour out a prayer for others. He also goes in and says, think of others, do not think of self. And that in Matthew 16, 25, it says, for whomever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. Um, basically, Christ was talking about, according to him, that we must lose ourself by breaking ourself in order to find him. And the peace that comes with it. And then he goes on just to elaborate. Remember, break me and always pour out your life for Christ. And then he goes on to talk about Jack in the Box. Interesting. Back when he started his church, his mentor Gary had him do a, make a bold promise and wanting to hear God's will will break me. Uh, he wasn't very confident about that, but he trusted in God over it. And God did break him of his problems. Um, one of his biggest problems was fear and believing that breaking could take place. Um, and he just elaborates on it, what they call terror in a box. Um, in order for God to break you, he's going to break your fear and make you fear him in return. Just remember when that happens, fear is respect and reverence, and he respects you in return, but you must respect him as a father and he elaborates on this several times when he was broken at the end of everything breaking bad this is talking about the jack-in-the-box again and breaking bad habits in the church to to get your ministry to full uh potential and he talks about prayer is essential um friendships are essential and mentorism is essential um and he talks about make sure having people around you that makes you accountable. It says bound by brokenness, how to break your brokenness so you have effective prayers. Um, and it goes quite extensively, actually. <laughs> um, he goes into explaining what it means to feel like you've been betrayed and pulling away from the faith and then prayers that bring you back into the faith, the insight and the hindsight of it all. Um, a quote, he says, no matter how hard I tried, I simply wasn't enough. Um, he's talking about hurting, but yet with his hurting, others hurt. So, and he was exhausted and overwhelmed with those type of prayers. In the end, he states this, it is easy to impress people with our strength, but real connections are forged through our shared weaknesses. So remember when you're going to witness somebody and pray for them, a power of prayer. Or a dangerous prayer that removes captivity. Make sure you express your weaknesses with that person. So they understand that you understand what they're dealing with. Blessed by brokenness. And he goes in talking that we are blessed when we are broke. And that we learn from our experiences. He also iterates. Make sure in prayer you fast. You contemplate. You read the word. And you recite those words. But re always remember, make simple prayers. Uh, 
he goes he goes on to say in our brokenness we often experience god's greatest blessings so he iterates that and then he talks about god uses those who are broken and depend on him and he talks about luke peter replied man i do not know you're talking this man you are talking about just as he was speaking the rooster crowed and the lord turned and looked straight at peter god's brokenness before god true brokenness before god is a one-time event it's a daily decision so he says it's not just a one-time event it's a daily decision every day and he recites first corinthians fifteen thirty-one. It says, true brokenness before the Lord isn't a one-time event. It is a daily decision. Paul said, I die daily in Corinthians. So we die to ourselves daily so the Father can use us. It goes on to stress, when things get difficult, many run from God. Don't do this. Run to him. And that was a problem I had. In my early life, I had a lot of problems and I run from him instead of running to him and trusting him because others hurt me. And I learned from my experiences. He talks about the sinful woman meeting grace uh, and he gives an analogy. I will never insult God with small things or safe living. So that ends section two. Of dangerous prayers and we will come back to do the next section and then we will be finished with dangerous prayers and we I and you will do our own dangerous prayer um, I will read this dangerous prayer and you can quote it after me but we will pray this will be our first prayer that we've done since I started the uh, study sessions um, it's crucial uh, but I'm gonna cut here for the uh, 17 minutes and come back and we will talk about the rest of dangerous prayers all right all right hello everybody welcome back welcome back to another session i decided we'll just go ahead and complete the book by craig grossman uh, dangerous prayers I did a recording earlier, so we are not going over section three. Um, talks about send me. Prayers for sending me. So we'll see what he has to say about sending yourself. God sending you, or not necessarily sending yourself, but God send you. You ask God yourself to send yourself out into the world. It says, and here is Isaiah 6, 8. It says, then I heard the Lord say, whom shall I send as a messenger to the people who will go for me i said here am i send me and that was what isaiah said according to this he learned the salute to the american flag very young and he began taking his ball cap to national anthems over his heart and so forth he explained the 1961 the jfk uh, assassination he talked about things that went on and the challenges um and stuff like that and then he talks about how god called him into service and calls us into service and then called him into service it says here's his point rather than asking god to serve us what if we are available to serve him um and he talks about his uh, decades of pastoring being a servant and he learned the hard way by god that 
we serve God, not the other way around. Um, and he, he goes on to elaborate his dad and his mother's divorce. Uh, and he asked God, do something for me to prevent my father from leaving, but it didn't happen. He continued talking about the JFK. And he says, what if instead of always asking God to do something for our behalf, we dare to ask him to use us on his behalf? He talks about that. It says, when God calls, answer. Uh, he goes on to say this, a statement. I tell you that someone called me. Would you probably assume a friend, a relative, or a church member punched in my card number and hope to get yet? But yet he goes on to say about leaving a message. Yes, you still can use your phone to make actual calls to other people. Uh, long phone calls, short phone calls, but he says, an invitation from God to serve him usually is specific in a unique way. He, his call usually requires you to surrender your own plans um, and prefer preference and go where he tells you. When he tells you how he tells you to meet who he tells you and to do what he tells you, complete surrender so when it comes time to do the send me you have a call which i had a call in my life and i followed that call and i went for it uh it is not an easy to answer such a call and we might be tempted to think of many excuses and eh, i did quite a while we might not even correctly think we're unqualified, inadequate, or unprepared to do what God is asking us to do. But that's not the problem, you see. God never calls a perfect person. God calls imperfect, flawed, weak men and women like you and me. He simply wants us willing to, to be a vessel, and he invites them to use their lives to make a difference towards others in him. God never calls perfect people. He always calls imperfect, flawed, weak, or women just like you and me. And that was a statement I just got done. And he goes on talking about Moses. He called Moses a murderer and David an adulterer and Rahab a prostitute. Not only did God call people who didn't really bad things, but he also called the unusual, insecure, and inconsistent people. Just consider some of God's chosen messengers, ministers, and prophets and leaders. He goes on to say, there's Moses who got drunk, Isaac, who was a daydreamer, Joseph, who was abandoned, and Gideon, who was afraid. There's Jeremiah, who was too young, and Abraham, who was too old, and Elijah, who battled depression, <coughs> Naomi, who became bitter, and Martha, who was a worrywart, <laughs> and John the Baptist, who ate bugs. So he's making a point that we're not perfect by any means, but yet he will pick those that have specific traits. So he goes on to elaborate it. He picks the imperfect to make them perfect. Um, the common sense attribute is we are, are to say, here am I, Lord, but I am not going. That's our thought. Jonah was a good example. He rebelled and ended up in the stomach of the fish. In the end, the gift that he was empowered, the ability, and it changed Nineveh's life. 
and he talks about Jonah 1-2, which is here. It says, God spoke. His assessment was clear. Go to the city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wicked wickedness has come up before me. Jonah could have said, yes, anything for you, Lord. And you, my Lord, I will do what you ask. But he didn't. <laughs> In Jonah 3, it talks about him running instead. Um which was plain to see, and he ended up in the belly of a fish as he goes on to talk about it. Trying to pretend, hoping that God would just go away or change his mind about his calling, and he did not. Here you will respond this way. Maybe you will sense God's promoting an invitation to do something on his behalf. It might have been something small like giving a gift or sharing a thought. It might even be something more significant like changing careers or asking someone to marry you. Huh. But like Jonah, you hasten stalled. This turned the other way. It goes on describing different scenarios uh, and questions that person would ask if it dealt with that. And he just goes on basically explaining that if you rebel, God uh, chastises. It's in, it endangers your spiritual health, is what he says. Good example, he says, is in Exodus 3.10 about Pharaoh. He called Moses and said, So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh, and bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. It could have been more clear. God said, I am sending you. Now go. Out of all the people alive, would you only be selected? You're the one I called. You have what it takes. I'm sending you. Okay. It goes on talking about Exodus 3.11, uh, where it talks about when God cho chose his chosen vessel. Moses responded, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Eh, wrong thing to say. Uh, instead of living with confidence of God, Moses was buried in his own insecurities, which is a good analogy. It shows it here. Um, it goes on. He says, Moses tried to make every excuse there is. And so do we. And he goes on to talk about Isaiah 6, 8. It says, Isaiah prayed such a prayer of un." reserved ability in the presence of God. The Old Testament prophet tells of his encounter with the Holy the Holy One when God asked, Who shall I send and who will go for me? And without a hasten he said, Here am I, send me. So our next one, which is three three, talks about glory to God in the highest. <clears throat> It says, you must be honest. Telling God you will not do something is scary because he can chastise, take everything away, buddies, friends, so forth. Da, 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 da. It's dangerous. He says, how's that for a warning that, that this prayer is dangerous? Because um, you, you can break prayers by not honoring God. And... He goes on talking about vacuum and, and King Ezra dying. And then in Isaiah 6, 1, it talks about his death and the seat of the throne. And the train of his robes were filled with the temple. Talking about seeing God. And as Isaiah, Isaiah seeing him. says, if you're going to ask God to use you, then a genuine encounter with him goes 
a long way in trust. You must trust him fully. Trust. Um, and he talks about you must worship in church, go to the mountaintop of the Creator, pray to the Creator, dangerous prayer, so forth. Many prophets were that way. Many were called. Isaiah was called by Seraphim and was touched on the lips and so forth. He explains that. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And that was Isaiah 6.3 in a booming voice. Man upstairs doesn't always think, but the big guy does, is what they call it, basically. Basically, he goes on to say, If you were caught a true vision of God in his purest essence, I promise you, you would never refer to him as pal from down the road. Um, God is God. God is not a pal. He's a father. And we are to treat him as such. Consider the characteristics that the scripture describes. He's glorious. He's the I am. He's righteous father. He's a fortress of our salvation. He's the eternal king of the universe. He is our comforter. He is our grace. Uh, he's peace. He's the almighty. He's compassionate and gracious. And he's consuming fire. So remember that. And these are all verses from the Bible that he quotes. Um, he goes on and says, we are to enter the presence of God with strong, with with him being our stronghold, our comfort of our hurts. He's our advocate. Um, he's a universal advocate. He's our comforter in sorrows. He's our confidence and reassurance. He's our strength and our weakness. God is our helper. He's our hiding place. He's our hope. He's our light. He's our refuge in troubled times. And he delivers us. And he's our song. He just goes on describing more and more about God. Uh, God is not playing hiding and seek. He wants you to know him and delight in showing yourself himself to you. So God does like showing himself in many, many ways. Sometimes it might be a physical. Sometimes it's with the spirit, the ruach. Other times it's with just daily nuances you might see a cloud in the shape of a man's face or somebody walking up to you that needs help or it might be a physical manifestation of the father or a dream or vision that's basically what he's alluding here and prayers are powerful he says at the end a sinner saved by grace is what we are and he explains what a, the sinner saved by grace and that the father is merciful that's the first prayer we need to look at when we're sinners to truly get a point of submission and ability to God and to be fully aware of his presence we are wise to recognize and understand our sinful nature uh, he talks about Adam falling and as this is just as sinner in, sin entered the world through one man and death through sin and in this way death came to all men because of all sin that's Roman 512 he talks again about Isaiah 6 5 uh, I am in ruin, woe to me, for I am a man of unclean lips. I live among people with unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Woe to me was the awareness of the depth of God. Again, we see this with Moses hiding his face from God in Exodus 3.6. We see this in Job and then in Luke, believe it or not, uh, Luke 5.8 and Job 42.6. So he just goes on to elaborate. He says, when you pray dangerous prayers, you will see and understand more of God in changings of everything. It changes everything. So God makes his presence known when you pray. Uh, he plays a part. 
in the living call of the prayer. Um, it can be pastoral call or just general call. He says, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. So again, uh, it's talking about prayer. Uh, he just gives, we are to have forgive for our hatred, our anger, our bitterness, our boastfulness, jealousy, envy, and all the sins that man does. And in Isaiah 43, 25, he says, I, even I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remember your sins no more. Uh, his, his grace is, never changes and is ever changing. We don't bring everything to him. Jesus brings everything from us. So he says, the moment we see God for who he is, we see ourselves for what we are because God will lay it out straight. And he goes on to elaborate. Here am I, Lord, send me um, in a prayer. And he talks about how Jesus said how we're supposed to approach the Father. And in return, he says, when you are surrendered to him, you will have eyes to see where he works his working a heart to feel what touches his heart and your hands to show love and daily nourishment he talks about how god daily nourishes us in the word and we can take the word and apply these words to prayer um consistently and firmly uh if you don't do the word you starve yourself and your prayers don't make no sense he goes on talking about his struggles in prayer and he says when you start to avoid what hurts you what happens over time your spiritual side grows stronger and your selfish side starts dying when you come available to god he might ask you to go to africa as a missionary but it's far more likely you will invite you to be a missionary at your own work believe it or not and he describes his encounter a single act of faith we must have faith when we do prayers. Instead of existing passively, start living aggressively. Watch for opportunities to ex exhort your faith. He talks about that, and he says, "Your faith act, act. Your faithful acts don't have to be big, intimidating, or noteworthy. They can be simple, assuring, and performed in secret." So remember that the Meha life is what it's called. Uh, you will be, your will be done. He talks about the Father and he gives the Lord's Prayer. He says, be mindful of the Father. Please guard my, your thoughts. Help me take captive the thoughts that I have to be more obedient to you and be Christ-like. And he talks about purification. He says, again, send me. And then he gives the analogy. How do you think your life might change if you pray daily, daily a daring, faithful, faith, faith, field prayer of whole life devotion to one who gives it all for you he says now what's the question and basically this section is just questions that he was answering people you know um like this one here it says because of who you are my god my king my savior i trust you because you are sovereign over the universe i surrender my will to you and every part of me do you despise a half-hearted, lukewarm Christian, then pray the dangerous prayer. Disturb me, O Lord. And then he talks about in Psalms, it says, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayers of mercy, because he bends down to listen. I will pray as long as I live, 
have breath. Psalm 16, 1 and 2. And then he talks about ourselves. And then he gives an, answer, an honest question. If you see, yes, say yes to every prayer you pray in the last seven days, how would the world be different if God said yes? God doesn't always answer prayers right away, believe you me. Uh, he wants to disturb us. We want to disturb the Lord. Uh, we want to be bold and daring in front of the Lord. And amen. Um, instead of craving a life of comfort, I found joy in serving the needs of others through daily acts of faith. It's what he says. And in times of prayer with courage to risk, to open yourself up to a different path, to a better destination. And he gives Psalms 103, 103. You will be definite. Your faith will be deeper. You are his. He is yours. And once and for all, your God's. So he says, when you pray dangerously, your life simply can't remain the same. And that ends the conclusion of that. So we are going to try a prayer tonight. Um, and... Let me see here. I'm going to stop and find it, and then we'll do another tap-in. Hello, hello. I'm back from a break. So now, I'm going to ask you the question. This is the first time I've presented this question. Tonight was a <clears throat> heart-filled call-out for prayer. I'm an intercessor, so I do constant prayer. I use different prayers for different guidances for different things. Uh, I found my prayer life has been much more uh, inapt, much more in tune, much more to do. So, I'm going to ask tonight, how many of you want salvation? The most important thing is believing that Yeshua, the Christ, the Messiah, came to this earth. He died, was buried, and resurrected again, and that he suffered by the hands of the Roman and Jewish authorities. Uh, I will admit that. <clears throat> and that he came to save us as human beings, all. It was our sins that put him on the cross. Uh, he was buried for three days. And then resurrected and went to be with the Father. Now, he is the Father's son. And he's looking for children. The only way you can get to the Father is through him. Through the blood. So, we now come to the part. If you want salvation... There's simply a prayer that you can do. I'm going to present one, which is a prayer of salvation and help. Uh, you can repeat it, or you can do it silently. I'm going to read it, and you can quote it. But you want to make sure when you do it that this prayer you put in the name of Yeshua, your son. So, here we go. It says, if you know the story of Jonah at all, then you know this prayer speaks volumes. Praise God today 
with these words. He has saved you. Salvation has come from the Lord. Shout it from the rooftops. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the deeps in the realm, realm of the dead, I called out for help. And I listened. He, you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the sea, and then currents swirled about me. All my waves and breakers step, swept over me. I say, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again towards the holy temple inside. The engulfing waters threaten me. The depths surround me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sink down, sank down. The earth beneath, beneath barred me forevermore. But you, Adonai, my Yahuwah, brought my life up from the pits. When my life was in, in being away, I remembered you. Adonai, and my prayer arose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from the God's love of them, or Yahuwah's love for them. But I will shout out grateful praise with sacrifice to you. When I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from, from the Adonai, or Adonai, and this is in Jonah 2, 2 through 9. So, this, in this, I'm going to say, in Yeshua's name, and Amen, or Amon, um, this prayer, in particular, is a prayer of salvation and help. Um, depending on the person you're doing both, that you're wanting to invite Yeshua into your life. Uh, so now I'm going to do another prayer. Um... There's many prayers, uh, many types of ways, healing, so forth and so long. Um, but the most important prayer is acceptance. So, uh, how am I going to do this? Uh, Heavenly Father, we come before you today in repentance. We come before you in a time of uncertainty. Many of us. Are searching you out but we don't know where you're at uh, I come before you tonight asking for your forgiveness and that your son Yeshua enter my heart I pray that through this that grace may be given your grace and I want a new life in your precious son please come into my heart make me new Make me as though I were no longer as I am. But, Father, I pray that these blessings search and you find what sins I have done. Father, that my soul can be enlightened of your wisdom and that through your Son I can have salvation this night. In your son's precious name, in Yahshua, and amen. Father, I pray before you now that those that prayed this prayer, uh, 
that you hear their words as I heard when you first revealed yourself to me, that you will bless them this night and give them peace and comfort in their hearts and that salvation will be given freely to them for it is free. It's not boastful. It's not claiming. It's just love everlasting and that love everlasting be blessed upon them in the name the most holy of names your son and amen all right so i'm going to give you my email my email is starcross2013 at gmail.com if someone hears this and they accept yeshua or jesus as their savior you can contact me by email in the near future i will have a website i've already got my Wix account set up. I'm working on it as we speak. And I will have a section on there where you can give a testimony about your salvation. Um, the only other thing I'm going to bring forward is you can find me on YouTube at http dot slash www.yahoo.com slash c slash don Ford Starcross 2013 facebook.com/kimberly.anapol.18 um i also have an instagram account which is www.instagram.com/kimberlyanapol or you can just email me at starcross2013 at gmail.com i will not give addresses right now i'm not taking mail through that till i get me a p.o box number but if there's prayer requests or there is something that you need personally, you can get me at my email. As I said, again, my email is starcross2013 at gmail.com. So tonight's been a very eventful night. We finished up our book for Dangerous Prayers, which I was looking for it to go about three weeks, but we finished early. So tonight... Um, I'm going to lay out our path from here on in. Give me a few minutes here. Um, I don't have any video up, so it's a good thing. So our next few weeks, we will be doing prophecy or prophetic community and legacy together. Um, later next week, we'll be dis starting discernment, discerning God's voice, which is two books. And... Uh, one and two, and then we will also be doing a book on what happens when women walk in faith. This is our women series, um, first women series. I will be starting our men's study series soon, um, but right now we I'm focusing on the women's part of it. It's important. Um, I've run into a lot of young women out here that from the ages of 20 all the way up to 50 that are unsure about their life they're unstable they've had children that children don't deal with them anymore and this series is going to bring in other points i'm going to combine those points with legacy and other ones that we have including doing a series on the prophetic community dealing with another book i've got which is the star signs um we are going to cover quite a lot of material mm. um 
and then in the near future i will be starting the bait of satan which is an easy book right now i'm learning about it myself so i don't want to do anything until we clear it out but right now i'm looking at combining books legacy and prophecy and and those things for the prophetic community uh i'm planning to start a series sermon series in the coming week we will be talking about the chronicles of king david um his family um i will be putting those things together starting with yahoo uh, it's going to be quite interesting to read from a scriptural perspective um yahoo was a grandson of da david uh, through solomon within 400 years the whole nation was gone. You had Assyria took the t 10 northern tribes and they were dispersed. And then you had the Judah, Benjamin and Levi later the Babylonian captivity, which just recently they found the Babylonian captivity. They found the area where it was at and things and documents that actually mention the, the di diaspora of that period um interesting to say the least um but we will be taking a look at david and his reign through the eyes of his son him uh, prophets we will be looking at these through the chronicles of the prophets that he had through the end before we look at the major and minor prophets they were other major and minor prophets that are not in the bible that i pull out from the tanakh we will be using our biblical sources as, as well as the dead sea scrolls to understand these things uh, the first one we'll be looking at is gad um, it'll be interesting to say the least um, this material is not sourced very well um, and it's from the ancient scriptures off the Teflon, out of the Ark itself, translated off of walls of temples around the area. So it's going to be interesting, nevertheless to say. But I'm looking forward to it. It, it gives you a chronological view of that time period and how they preserve that time period. Um, and it explains the Bible quite well, actually. Um, it gives the time periods of that time period and so forth. And what these prophets were seeing of the Messiah in our day and times. Um, I think with that, I probably will be incorporating certain things out of Revelation that blend in with that. And that will be part of our prophet prophetic series dealing with the signs of the times. Um, it's going to allude to the things that these prophets were seeing that's not in our Bible that is key. They're mentioned in our word, but yet we don't have their transcripts. And this is the first time any of this has been released. Um, good one is Nathan. Believe it or not, Nathan was a Gentile. He wasn't a Jew. and He was a prophet. Um, they were Jewish prophets as well. I love David's family. David himself, King David himself was a prophet. Um, but more on that subject later. I'm sourcing the materials right now for that, so it takes time. The first two is Yehu, or Jehu we will be looking at. Um, and it's sourced directly from the Word. It's there. Uh, we'll also be looking at the Book of the Wars of the Lord. 
interesting that it's in our Bible, and yet I have the commentary for that. There's a little more to it than that of events that the that the father did during the Exodus, um, and one of them talks about Balaam and what Balaam did. It's it's really strange. Um, then you've got Gad. So these things we're going to look at. And we're going to go into the commentaries to understand the visions of these commentaries. And some of it bleeds over into the New Testament, believe it or not. They they refer later verses that are in the New Testament that came out of these books. Um, it's quite interesting. Um, and then I'll do a segment just strictly talking about here, now, and what's going on. Um, currently... Right now, news-wise with the corona, we're about 115,000 people in the state of Ohio. We've had 10 deaths since this whole pandemic thing started. Uh, the Democrats ain't doing nothing. <laughs> um, I'm not even going there. But uh, well, I've done a whole series just on one book, which was interesting. We will continue Shemitah, and we will continue the Book of Mysteries later on after uh, Rosh Hashanah. Um, I feel it's more important that I start focusing in on here and now and what is important. Um, we, as I said, we will be talking about the prophetic community, and I will start lining these things up online for you um, for more understanding. Uh, but the signs in the heavens and the prophetic community is very important. And in this, we will be talking about Jehu and that. So I'm going to call tonight tonight so I can do another recording. Uh, it'll be my first recording on Jehu. So expect it out uh, Monday. Um, this will be going out tonight. And this ends our session for today. And I love you guys. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, Israel, and our nation the United States. We need it right now. We need to fall on our knees and repent. For the Lord says to love your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. He writes the words on our heart. They are no longer on tablets of stone. So that was the fulfillment of why Jesus came. So um, I'm going to call tonight, leave it here, and I'm going to say shalom and peace. That's what shalom means. And, sh and, and have a wonderful evening.